<laughs> that really burns my ass. <laughs> nah, you didn't hear that, I hope. Well, 2023. Yes, after our short winter's nap and everything, we're back. It's the carnival. We don't really have seasons, but Greg, did Santa bring you a new drum set? No, he brought me a cheap trick four-disc set of a show from the Whiskey 77. Nice. Where, where it was very different, very hungry band, as it says in the liner notes. No, let's see, What else? he didn't bring me much. As you get older, you realize you just don't need any more stuff. <laughs> I won't ask our fans, because most of them are probably <laughs> on the naughty list. <laughs> but we're really thrilled. This is almost this is one of those shows too. We're sort of playing. I'm. I'll be. I'll be Batman. You can be. Rob, you want to be Robin or Alfred or Catwoman or. Uh, <laughs> perfect. I, I'll. I'll probably be. Uh, I'll be Alfred. Yeah, I'll, I mean, and Alan Napier was really good. At it. It was really good. <laughs> it's almost like the episode of them with the green horn, and we don't have Bowman here to be Cato. We bless. We love. That. I'll have to give you some of those too. I have a box set of those radio <laughs> things. They're, they're very well done. <laughs> We're making online trades instead of doing a show, but we're very <laughs> thrilled to have back after a while because of all the stuff in life. We have the second president of the United States that joined us again from the grave. It's John Adams. <laughs> Thank you very much, Rob. Glad to be here. How's life in Washington? <laughs> I would not know, and I'm glad that I don't. <laughs> <laughs> There's the one good story about John Adams where he was a monarchist, and he's got this idea about... You know, George Washington was like Cincinnati's general who stepped down from power and said, no, I'm not going to do it. But he wanted to start calling up, everybody could start calling George Washington his excellency. So they were laughing at him. And one of them, I think it might have been Jefferson, said, well, then we'll call you your rotundness. Oh, that was an interesting insult for the day, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. But John's actually got an interesting story about how his life's going. He might actually jump into the fray with the podcast, so we don't have to do as much work today. It's like, blame the show on him. <laughs> well, this is a Reinventing Your Life show. Uh, we're going to call it Your Phoenix Year. Given the conditions of our country the last three years, for the couple of months before COVID was declared, uh, the country really was on a fearful track uh, with the sickness being uh, spreading around the country. So we're really at three years of COVID right now. Would you agree with that? Yeah, especially I've been seeing more and more of it. And all these variants. I mean, every day it's like something. It's like, I don't know. It's like a doomsday clock thing. I don't know. It's, it's like the like, monsters are due on Maple Street. Right. right? <laughs> it really is. It's like he's. <laughs> That's exactly right. So you get on social media anywhere. Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, there's still fear-mongering going on around this sickness. And the reality is that it's really evened out over time. I'm not saying that people don't get very ill or pass from this, or it's not something that you should take care of if you have conditions that uh, would would tend to make you more sick than the next person. But I, I think that the country needs to be on a new track. We need to get away from this fear. We need to get away from the negativity that we've had over the last three years. That people are really burned up about this. I don't like the politicizing of it. All of a sudden, now a virus has become like well, a, the thing is, people if, losing their jobs if they don't get a shot. I mean, it's crazy. If you have like, Nuts. if you prefer ketchup to mustard these days, it's going to be uh, politicized. You'll get some people. Right. You're anti-tomato or something. <laughs> it's no doubt it. The media and social media and 
the algorithms that drive those things really become quite divisive. And so when we have a certain opinion about a matter and we search that, it pops up in our feed and really it becomes this giant echo chamber for people. And we know where you've been. (laughs) We know you've been. It's amazing. I searched a product last week on my cell phone and within three minutes, I opened Facebook and there's a there's an ad for yeah. that product on my Facebook. It was almost instantaneous. I know I get all these junk mails now on the Yahoo because I must have done something or answered a survey or done some weird thing. Now all of a sudden I get all these like, well, they're mostly porn things for men things, you know. But it's like, well, you're a drummer. It's <laughs> like, yeah, well, you know, I mean, I don't need all this health information. <laughs> Thank you very much. You know, I tried something the other week. I was like, okay, I'm going to test this again. So I wrote a post, pretty harmless. I said, fashion tip. Don't wear a hat that makes you look like Torgo, who is, if anybody's MST fan, obviously classic man. The master is coming to see you. (laughs) What what pops up in my feed? There are advertisements for tons of hats. (laughs) Wow, that's weird. Yeah, it's weird how they make the connections. But I'll tell you one thing real quick. I really applaud all the people that took advantage of the COVID thing and pushed forward with the Zoom, like the guys that came up with Zoom and the DoorDash and all those things flourished. You know, they saw the need and they saw the niche and they filled it up. And I, I think that's one good thing, I guess. That's absolutely true. Uh, there, there are some positives that come out of this. There's no doubt. There's a tremendous number of negatives. And I think that really my thought process around 2023, which you may agree with me on this. Yeah, we need to be on a new track. And yep. so I'm calling 2023 my Phoenix year. I like that title. I which like is that. something around. See, I don't have to think of something clever this week either. <laughs> <laughs> Rising from the ashes yep. in the last three years. You know, There's a lot to build on. And hopefully the people who did take advantage of some of the things happening during COVID where if you were put out of work for any period of time but were able to receive governmental payments on that, they created some new skills in their lives. They learned yeah. some things that were new. And as we go into 2023, we can make this a reinvention year for for us or for the people that we know and help them through that process. And I think this is affected to your own stories about reinvention this year. Boy, is Big it. Big life changes. I mean, you're almost 30, too, so there's no... <laughs> there's no... You almost. know, for us, we... you know. Yes, the secret's out. We share the same birth date. <laughs> right, no kidding. So, so if he gets old, I get old, so no. <laughs> we don't want that, not at all. I'm still probably older than all you guys. We share the story <laughs> still. We watch out every day for getting served for what we might have done at a birthday party that started at the German house and ended in oblivion about 10 years oh, ago. That was bonkers. <laughs> ended up in a snowbank outside of Vertex. I read a statement just a few days ago, and it, it stated... The secret to life is to die young as late as possible. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> we could be 30 for a while, Rob. Die late as soon But yeah, as so what's happened to you now? This whole, this is why especially this whole Phoenix year thing has really uh, gravitas because of your own story about where you were going, what you decided. Well, sure. You know, I was on track to franchise with Domino's, which is a national franchise pizza company. Most people know it. And I've spent... 22 and a half out of the last 31 years within that system. I've been back and forth with Domino's four times over my lifetime. Started as a driver in 1991 
uh, became an assistant manager, then a general manager, and I moved on to being a district manager wow. for the company. I became a business development manager. Ultimately, I was responsible for a stores across the state with one franchisee. <clears throat> uh, we had 33 stores across the state, and I was responsible for helping develop the sales and marketing that happened within those stores on the local side. And so, you didn't bring a pizza. I did not bring a pizza. Well, I don't, <laughs> I don't work there any longer. Yeah, okay. So, <laughs> and that's part of the story is that, you know, just a few months ago, I was on track to franchise with Domino's, and I went to look at some build sites, and I wasn't happy with the direction that I was being sent. And I took a hard left out of that experience and decided to end my career with Domino's and start fresh. And I still do not know exactly how that reinvention is going to happen. But That's after 30 years of working in management and working with business, and most of that time with Domino's, this is a giant leap off a cliff in which I'm going to have to build my wings as I fall towards the ground that I may crash. Yeah, into. but you have the advantage. You know all the levels. So you know the entry level. You know the management level. You know how the books work. You know how to order stuff. You know, you know, you've got a lot of advantages over a lot of people. So agreed. So this isn't actually starting over. It's starting from experience. Yeah. You also say right. too, like as the way we are as humans, our brains. The more you do something, you get caught in that pattern. Oh, no doubt. It's tougher to tougher to get out of it. Most of the people we know who start into a vocation will stay within the realm of that vocation for years and years and years. You know, if somebody becomes a tool maker, how often do they do something entirely different than along the lines of the tool and die industry? They stay in that track. And right. what this is, for me, you know, I've done pizza for so long, and I loved it. Most of the time, I loved what I did. That sounded lewd, John. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. You know, there is... Giving something to a person or having an experience with another person uh, can be a very good thing. And when you hand a pizza off to a customer, you've helped produce that pizza. You've helped craft the crew that, that did this. Uh, you're part of the system. And you give a pizza to a customer. The smiles that they had were just tremendous. There's the, okay, we all know the, the Harry Met Sally thing, right? <laughs> no, there's the reason for it. So I've taught one of my friends. She was telling me about getting pizza delivered. And she would say, you wait for it. It comes... You could the smell of the box. Wow. It's like, can I order one too? Right. It's an amazing experience. And it's also a shareable experience because... You aren't know, joking on that part. Sure. Well, <laughs> you have a pizza box. It's, you know, you got this square box, a round pizza, triangle slices, and you can actually pull your slice off and have somebody else take a slice on the other side, share it among your friends and your family. It's a happy experience, and that was a really neat thing to be a part of for a long time. I actually forgot, Now I read the story about Chicago, but why they were cutting into squares. Hmm, I don't know the story. No, that's Chicago either. style. Yeah, that's yeah, just but the there's a story. Because I think a... that's the old Italian way of doing it, too. I think because my grandparents used to do You can find it online if you're interested. It's like, why does like... Because they probably squares. baked it in a, like a, a square pan. They just rolled, you know what I mean? And then they just and threw the it in the oven. The way would be to cut it into squares. Yeah, and then I don't know. I don't know why why the round thing where that happened. And I had I've only had one or two Domino's pizzas, but they were really good. I always thought they wouldn't be, but so it, they really it all depends good. on who's making it. Uh, even if it's, it's a franchise, got has the standards. And I don't want to right. spend too much time on Domino's yeah. because at this point, it's it's history and water under the bridge. Although it was a huge portion of my life, 
a portion of my life that served me very well over a long period of time, but now it's time to move on to other things. But you can choose different types of pizza, right? What you like. Yeah. If you have a crew that's doing it correctly, you can get a great product from Domino's. Yeah. Now, shifting on the pizza side and talking about Chicago, have either of you ever had Giordano's or any of the other deep dish Chicago? No. Stuff? There was one I've had. It was here, though. It was like, it's like, so it doesn't really count. <laughs> I, I recommend it. I, I'm i a fan of Giordano's. Every time I drive past Chicago or in that area, I stop and get a pizza. When I go to Vegas, they have a Giordano's in Vegas, and I oh, always wow. go. I remember that. But I want, I'll ask only one pizza-related question is, what is all the controversy about pineapple? <laughs> is it just a good joke? It is. You know, it really is just a good joke. It's an incredibly popular topping nowadays. Now, a decade ago, it was not. So I remember Canadian bacon, and that was from Domino's when we were in college. The first time it was Canadian bacon and pineapple. Now, I don't mean to be insulting to Canadians because I have family who are in Canada. <laughs> However, Canadian bacon is really just ham. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, you, we tell the truth on this show. <laughs> so, I want to tell you You've just You've ruined quick. my dream. <laughs> real quick about Giordano's. It's a very deep dish pizza filled with cheese. They actually put the sauce on top, and they call it a cheese pull when they first serve it to you. So, they'll bring out the pizza, they'll put it in the middle of the table, and the server will take their serving implement and they pull the slice up from the table, you can get 30, wow. 35, 40 inches cheese pull, and then they put it on a plate. And That's interesting. If you That's like cool. cheese, there's a lot of it there. Delicious. That's kind of like when we went to a... We used to play at a spot out there, the Brazilian steak place. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> and those guys, they come around with the big hunks of meat and they slice it right there for you and it's a whole the delivery part the presentation is a big and part plus of don't you have like the thing at the table you turn from red to green when yeah. you want more and yeah. stuff Texas State Brazil here in Rochester does that currently oh that's interesting I don't know. Yeah. but I think another part of your whole story and thing too is, is the message I want to get out a little bit is if you're not happy with your life it's simple two words do something no kidding do not get I've always there's a story I've, I've told John before about I worked a part-time job during the summer, and there's one guy there, and he kept going, well, you're lucky you're in, you know, you only here in the summer. He would, every day he would come in 25 more years, and I retire. And I was thinking, <laughs> why are you doing this? You know, there are other, it's like my, my little gripe every Christmas season. Why doesn't Bob Cratchit just go apply for another job? Mm, right. <laughs> it's, it's sad. People sometimes do consider <clears throat> themselves plants. Like, they cannot move, right? But we have two feet. We have a brain. We can think about the problem that we have in front of us. We can solve that problem potentially by moving to another place or changing a vocation, something along those lines. If the conditions in your life are not what you want them to be, then you need to find out what conditions you would like them to be and make moves to get there. I think the COVID thing, too, that's helped a little bit, too, because everybody's looking for people to work. And I don't think it's such a big hurdle to get a job anymore like it was, at least at this point. I mean, you can go in there and pretty much, if you have a, you're a warm body, you're going to get hired. You know, if you have some kind of knowledge of, of what the company's doing. There are certainly industries just like that. Uh, and, and there are some skilled people. Uh, how many people has Twitter laid off recently? Right. Thousands. Yeah, um, no guarantees. There right? are no guarantees for sure. But the more skills you have, the better you are set up to find that next position. Right. 
I've noticed that. I mean, in my life, is you know, I've had a lot of part-time jobs being a musician, and, and you know what people would consider st- stupid, crummy jobs, <clears throat> mail rooms, this and that. But I've noticed, like the job I have now with the maintenance, if you're in a job like that, you get to spoke out, you get to know all the departments, mm-hmm. rather than being stuck in one department. So you go around, you know this guy, you know that person, you know this lady, and then the next thing you know, if you need a favor or you need something to get done, you know how to get. You know what I mean? You know all the you people that can help you. From, there's one famous story. It's like I was talking to Brian Roman from The Old Toad. Mm-hmm. And we were saying, we were talking one day, and he's like, we're talking about all we, whatever we've done. He goes, you know, but still, I've learned more about people by doing the door at a bar than anything. Right. <laughs> That's for me. I learned how to read people, how to deal with people. Any okay. any skill you have in any job, you can utilize for the next job. And you'll be there's surprised. No like some jobs you look at go, oh, this is easy, but like... So you go in, you find out it's not. It's like a theater manager. Oh, it's no. You got a lot of like oh, yeah. dealing with people, dealing with. Well, when we observe things, when when we observe things, other people's vocations, other people's activities, we only see the surface of what's happening, right? And so, oftentimes, people try to present the best parts of what they're doing and make it seem like they're having a good time and make it seem like they're easy. And it's very easy to buy into that. <clears throat> and decide that what they are doing is easy and it's not complicated. But most of these things have a complication well, can, to them that we'll never see. We're sitting right. right there right now, a studio, where you hear the finished product, the song. You don't realize maybe all the takes, the hours, just to get that one little song. Right. Oh, right. Yes. Acting. People think, oh, acting's easy. I had one, <laughs> one of my movies I helped produce, Getting Personal. We did one scene. All it was was like a first date scene. It was in a place in Menden. They lit us after hours. We called it the famous Leaning Tower of Lemon because there was, yeah. if you're really careful, there was like this lemon dessert. If you watch carefully because of the takes, it started leaning. You see, this probably took <laughs> up under 10 minutes. It took the whole night to shoot. No kidding. Yeah, wow. Right. And it was a short scene. All it was was first date. I have a cameo in it, too, in the background. That's why it's so popular. <laughs> you put your golden touch to it. I've gotten a little like that. Like, I'll watch old stuff now, like from the 70s, and go, wow, she's like 60 now. And I look and they go, I had some hair. Things change. You know, going back to the work thing, uh, you know, my father taught me when I was very young that all work is honorable. And when you, when you talked about crummy jobs, that's that goes through a filter. And that's really right. what other people have said you know, about something. Mike Rowe with that? Dirty yeah. Jobs. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I agree with that, too. It's like, ah, here's my big degree. Well, what do you do? Oh, nothing. Well, look what I <laughs> If you can make your way, you're happy doing it, you have enough money to pay your bills and do something extra that you consider fun over time, then your job is just fine. And I cannot tell you the number of times that I heard when I worked in pizza, and it didn't matter what level that I was at at the time. Uh, when are you going to get a real job? <laughs> and I'm I'm just going to tell everybody that's listening to this: if you have a job and you're getting paid to do it, that's a real job. All work is honorable. You right. don't have to have this feeling about what you're doing that it's not something that's good. Not it's, all. I mean, paid hitman. I would go back on a little bit. <laughs> something like that. <laughs> you know, most. Almost well, all work. Some is people, almost all work. Some is people don't deserve to live, Rob. <laughs> Have you ever seen actually a good movie for you for this? You ever seen it's a favorite movie of mine? Have you ever seen the movie Lifeguard? Never had. I think so. It's a I 1975 think movie. What it's about is Sam Elliott's lifeguard. The role was 
originally offered to Burt Reynolds, he would, but Sam Elliott's perfect. And what he is, he's a he's his fifteen year high school reunion's coming up, and he's that's what he did after high school. He went on the beach, tried college for a while, realized it sucked. He's, and as you were talking about swearing, he said, "We, well, yeah, I, I got a degree in BS, bored shitless." <laughs> nice. And he got a job as a lifeguard. One thing that'll crack you up to any old movie about what they make a year. He's right. offered like a deal at a Porsche dealership where you can make twenty grand a year. It's like yay! <laughs> but in the end, he stays in that. Oh, it's like his dad's on him. When are you going to grow up? You know, and everything else. But in the end, he says, "No, the hours aren't bad. The conditions are terrific. I'm good at what I do." Sometimes I think it's just jealousy because you're happy and they they like that and they just want to tear you down. I don't know. No, I think it is, too. I think a lot of times, I mean, there's consequences. You want to go, like one of my friends worked and John would recognize this, but he drove. He traveled almost all year. He's like George Clooney in that Up in the Air movie. Mm -hmm. Traveling can be tough on people. And he would make, like, at the time, 90 grand, you know, 90 grand, but he's not home all the time, and he's got to travel all around. But there's other people I know, like, you would hear, like, I love traveling. I love being on the road. And that is my recent change. Uh, the last three years, I put an average of 1,200 miles a week on my vehicle. Uh, I had a company car. Uh, so I'll call that my vehicle. 1,200 miles a week is 25, 26, 27 miles. I can speak to that from like, doing my own business. Right. <laughs> You're doing 25, 26 hours of windshield time on a throughway or right. a byway here or there. And I was making a good living. But the question is, at what cost? Right? I wasn't home. I wasn't with my then girlfriend, now fiance. I wasn't with my puppies. I call them puppies. They're seven and eight years old. <laughs> they're always going to be puppies. That's puppies. exactly right. Mm-hmm. And you know, I I thought when I was talking to to my girlfriend two months ago that my dogs were five and six years old, and she says no, they're seven and eight years old. And it was like that two year span wow. of time was gone. And it made me, you know, it, it sent me into a real emotional tizzy because every year that I was away, I it was like you missed that length of time to be with them. Like not not seeing your kids grow up. Oh, absolutely. Thing. Yeah. Or it's like seeing people where it's like, you know, genuine friends. It's like you don't see them, but the next time you talk to them, it seems like yesterday. But then you might go, wow, especially because of 2020. I haven't seen this person in how many years? Right. Years can go by, you blink, and it's gone. Right, so at what point do you make the change to improve your life? Yeah, what are you going to start playing that nickel harp on instead of drums? Greg? Uh, probably never. <laughs> <laughs> but I wanted to ask you: uh, Are you going to be doing like a consulting type thing, or what exactly is is the plan? The answer is I likely will. Uh, I have the opportunity to do that. I have never marketed myself as a consultant. I've been in the industry for food service for a very long time, for management for a very long time. I understand business quite well. I can explain systems to business owners, and I have a lot of interactions. So that is definitely a direction that I'm moving in. I don't want to do that full-time. It'll be a business that I do part-time. I like the idea of coaching a business person through an issue that they're having. Those are complicated, cool. challenging problems to yeah. solve. And where do you go? No, well, it's like I don't know. I wouldn't know where to go to find somebody like that. So that's a that's a niche. I think. That and you're there's more too well because at. speaking of life changes and moving, you were going to like a colder climate. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely not warm right now, but we'll be moving to South Carolina, Greenville area, oh, nice. in just a, just a few months here, um, which is growing for sure. 
it's actually supposed to double in size between now and well, tell it to go on a diet for goodness sake. <laughs> oh. I'll tell you, but your story you told me I could resonate with it a little because I remember the one day going outside. This is like, and I went to get the mail, and my hands froze just from walking to the mailbox. And I always go back to when I was in Helsinki, and I went outside. It was like minus twelve, and my hair froze. Oh, and you said you had an cool. incident when you went outside <laughs> literally for under five minutes. Your <laughs> nose hair is freeze. <laughs> yeah, it was last January. And this is actually how the change to go from the north to the south happened. So last January, I, I don't remember what date it was exactly, second, third week of January. I walked out of the hotel up in Watertown, and I started loading my items into the car. It took me less than five minutes, but my hands were positively so cold I could hardly move my hands. I'm it's like, brutal oh my goodness. Yep. So I get in the car and I look at the readout and it says negative 18 degrees. And wow. Like, oh, that is cold. So I take a picture and I send it to my girlfriend. <laughs> I get a text message back 45 minutes later. I can't do colder. And I, and I wrote back, what are you talking about? She says, we were going to franchise with my former company up in Potsdam. She looked up Potsdam. It was negative 24 degrees. All right. She just simply said, I can't go colder. You know what's going to happen to you? I'll get a hold of these. Hey, John, how are you doing? Oh, it's too damn hot here. <laughs> <laughs> and the reality is we say that in Rochester a few times a year or two, don't we? So the conditions, it's all relative. Yeah. You know, when I go south to Greenville, uh, it was four degrees here just a couple of weeks ago. In Greenville, it was 10 degrees. So it's not like it's a warmer climate all of the time. I'll still have to deal with some snow. Well, well that's good, though. You'll still get some change of was season. What's funny, and I said this that's more right. than once on the show, is when I lived in Alexandria, like in Virginia. It was so funny because you would get it, like in D.C., and maybe this is a good thing. You'd get a trace of snow, and they'd close it all down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'd be like, like, it's snowing. What do you what are you doing? Are you kidding me? <laughs> well, they don't spend any money on plows or anything. They don't know what. Uh, but like in Philadelphia, it's different from here where not as much snow, but ice. Yeah. Hmm. I got out of there one time. I would have been stuck there for two weeks because it ice is more than. It's a long time to be stuck somewhere for sure. Yikes. I have a friend who lives in Loudoun County, Virginia, Ashburn area, and they have a portion of the county to the west has some hills. And when it snows in the hills, all of the schools in the county close down. It wow. could be completely dry where he lives, no snow whatsoever, but there's snow 10 miles away, and they shut the whole county down. But you actually brought some, it's like you're having your own, you might do your own podcast, you actually brought, you're professional, you brought some points. You want to hit It's like, this, this is not how this show works at all. Well, I will well, give the background, the fresh show, what do we, Drago come up, what are we talking about? How do we know? <laughs> well, we're okay, talking about changing your life, reinventing right. your life. I, I think that's a lot I've of people are, are that, facing that. And I've done that, yeah. like, I could say I'm like a chameleon like that. I, like, if you ever looked like from, I always say what made me miserable in high school makes me what I am now. And I've grown and learned in a lot of ways. I've always said the bad people teach you a lot. You learn, like, not everybody's good. You try to find your own people who you belong with and where you belong in space in the space that's the your world. tribe right yeah you try to find the people actually that's actually a misnomer in a lot of ways too i've been reading about the comanches you know the tribes of the plane that's not the word to use it's bands because they didn't have tribes in the plains. they had bands where they went on no americans never got that yeah yeah i think i was not really referring to the native 
uh, idea. So now we tribe. come up with stuff <laughs> on here. <laughs> the Seth Godin idea of a tribe where he, he talked about finding your people. Yeah. Right. So reinventing your life, how do you do that, right? Well, you have to evaluate where you are and what you want to do, what you want to have, and who you need to become to have those things in your life. Right. And so if, if you want to make a change, you need to make a decision first. I want to have a change. And what is that change going to be? And that's going to be different for everybody. Bottom line. So evaluate where you are right now and what you think is good and what you think is bad. So good and bad in this clarification is good is something you want to continue and bad is something you want to discontinue. And what I did just a couple of months ago when I was doing this transition with my former company is I wrote a whole bunch of things that I thought were negative about my life. And that was on the left-hand side of a page. And on the right-hand side of the page, I wrote what I wanted it to change to. And so you have what you start with and you have what you want to end with as a goal, right? This is your this is your goal right now on the right-hand side of the page. That's awesome. That's a great idea. Did you ever idea. read Henry Rollins' story of the iron? I have not read that. Okay, he was like, he looked like, well, like Greg all chubby in, <laughs> in yeah. high school. So his, his coach... The gym would come up and say, okay, I'm going to give you a workout routine. Now, there's no way this would be done now. I'm going to come up, randomly punch you in the stomach. (laughs) So he would say, so now, when I punch you, don't look in the mirror. Do the workouts. When I punch you in the stomach and you can take it, go look in the mirror. And he did the workouts. He came and he looked looked in the mirror. was a different person. Yeah, he's, he's built for sure. That reminds me of the Cato story, right? The Green Hornet. Yeah. So Cato, he says, attack me. That was the Cato story. He was like, come and attack me at inopportune times, and I have to defend myself. Oh, oh right, right. Hey, oh, hey, Peter Sellers. Hey, was Peter it? Sellers. The clue. So, Cato, yeah. oh, oh, yeah. not now. Is that it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just want to keep you on your toes, boss. <laughs> but that's actually, we yeah. hit on a point, though. The one thing, it should be obvious, but you, you have to be willing to do the work. You do have to And I think a lot of times we want everything easy these days. We want it on the cheap. You have to make the effort. Some like, companies are good with that, though. Like when yeah. I was at Chase and they let a bunch of us go because they sold the building, this and that, they were going in a different direction. So there's like 300 of us. But they did have these life coach people come in. You know, they gave us some books and they talked to us and, and we could do sessions with them. And those things were very informative. And I, you know, I flipped through them and it was a lot of what you're talking about. And... It's nice to, to know that there is a way to do it, that you're not just going to flounder and be like you know left to your own, you know devices. There is a like a plan. They're, correct. Now the plan that you're talking about, I think, is what those life coaches said. This is what you should do to change your change this yeah. condition, right? And that plan can be changed. You don't want to make your plan the your plan. prison. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. It, I must do this, and then I must do that. Really what it comes down to is if you're not happy with what's going on, you want to become happy. And in the process, you don't want to become less happy right. trying to get to happy. So <laughs> you have to find the things that are going to support you through the process. Jordan Peterson like talks about happiness or fun. Happy and fun are two different things. We can be happy when we're fun, and we can be happy when things are meaningful. And fun is frivolous and fleeting and it happens for short periods of time, happy can be an extended feeling over time. A state, yeah. I've said this, and That's I've gotten good. like people take it wrong, but I love when I feel miserable. And I, no, I said this because 
it's almost like a sign from the universe. Okay, you get like, if we all have moods, it's called life. Good moods, bad moods. But if you feel miserable, it's saying, hey, get going. I'm going to do something else. <laughs> I read a book once called The Secret Strength of Depression, and it was a very good book because it was like, it took the stigma away, and it was like, okay, you got a chemical imbalance of some sort. That way you can fix it. <clears throat> you know, your body's telling you that your lifestyle is bad or whatever, or your situation. So I think being happy is like a state of mind, like what you're saying. But I think there's good things to come from any adversity. And I think if anybody... Oh, don't I know? We both and if you can that. see that, you're going to be way more adjusted than the person that just goes, oh, my life is over. Uh. Well, you, I mean, we both have had our issues. We don't have to go through them. But one thing is, I think we both learn from them. And yeah. we learn, like, us being still her, we can overcome a lot. Right. No, no doubt. So the reality is that oftentimes those things happen without us controlling them. They happen to us. And so the right. response... Instead of having a reaction to something, which is a, an unplanned type of attack, you have a response to it. And you say, what are the conditions that I'm in right now and how do I need to change them to get to someplace else that will support me as a person, that will make me happier, they'll find meaning in my life. When you are given a set of circumstances that are beyond your control, like Greg, when you said that Chase was closing a building, right. a, a, sub, a section of people were laid off as a result of that or, or terminated in their employment, that was not in your control. Right. But what you could control happened after that. And I think, Rob, what you're talking yeah. about yeah. is when you have these things happen to you or to us, when things happen to us, our <clears> response <throat> to them is absolutely key as to how we get past Oh, it's, yeah. it's, it's like the old was, door closes, door opens. It's like thing. when I was in yeah. D.C. and everything, and I've always said, like, my life there, I never wanted to do that permanently. I don't think you should be involved, which is like a contrast to what's going on now. It's you don't want to be involved in that stuff. You know, 10 years max or so, but then my mom got sick. So I come back. I had to start from scratch in a lot of ways. Go from there. Then my dad. <laughs> right. And then the health issues I got from taking care of my dad. Sometimes and life you just gets go in with the, way. the flow. Yes, it does. <laughs> yeah, sometimes life will get right in your way. And then there are other times where we make a decision that we think is the right decision, that, and it could have been the right decision in that moment. But as time goes on, that condition no longer supports us and what we want out of life. Have you had that happen? Yeah, and I've also, I think, personal growth. I mean, I'm very big into, like, adulthood, the bad word, but as you get older, you're not the person you were. And it's like, and I guess in my 20, well, I just like to work at a bar, live above it, come down. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. Well, there was a period of time in my life I did the same thing. 2011, I was on a real bad track, and I had been pushing and pushing and pushing for, at that point, years to try to get over the hump of what I considered success. And I thought, maybe this isn't for me. Maybe this isn't, and Rob, you and I have discussed this. Yeah. Maybe I should become that guy that washes dishes at a bar and and has the apartment above the place. Oh, I don't remember the, oh, it was the Drew Carey show where the two guys lived above the bar and they had the fire pole down. <laughs> <laughs> when they wanted to go, they could just go down or they yell down the hole and they say, beer me, and they'd throw the beer right up. <laughs> we, all, we all go, like I always talk about my bar days, John I and I, my last regular bar was Camberley's and we had a great time we'd come up we were like you know where's John well we get down there get the Guinnesses out and we had fun but it got to the point where it's like I don't really drink anymore and it was fun in its time that's right and you always worry that little thin line where you don't want to be a casualty of what you're doing 
Right. So you live your life with intention. And what is that intention? Is it to go to the bar every night and drink yourself into a stupor? Or do you want to have some higher meaning come from it? And that was where I was in 2011 was every night I was at the bar. And by the way, Caverly is what an exceptional I love it. I can't say the best. I can't say any bad things about it. Absolutely. Best Guinness in town. Absolutely. And still, you don't need to drink it every day. So that you're in a stupor, you can make different choices, and that's what I did, and that's what you did. Yeah. When we realized we were on a track we didn't want to be, we switched lanes. You know what it was for me? It was like the old Montgomery Scott saying about, if you can't take the hangover, don't do the drink. Where I, I started getting to a point where I got these not little ones, week almost week long. Ones. <laughs> I remember I had the one hangover, and I'm like. I gotta go to the dentist today. Having a hangover at the yeah. dentist is like the worst thing you could ever have. <laughs> Sounds awful. Oh man! It's like when they say spit that stuff up. You want to make sure only more, thing that comes up is the water. More Novocaine, please, please. Now that's like a belief in a supreme being. It's like God's punishing me on this one. Well, it goes back to the pain points and what you talked about. You know, being happy about being miserable. What it does is it concentrates our attention on something that. If, if we feel a pain, you have a, a rock in your shoe, you're walking down the road, and you know, you've got three miles to go b- before your fitness walk is done, and you've got a rock in your shoe, the pain from that is to focus your attention so that you don't have further damage, right? So if you take 30 seconds to stop, take your shoe off, take the rock out, you can continue without that pain or without more. And the same thing with being miserable. If you're miserable about your conditions, it's pointing out conditions that don't serve you any longer and you have the ability to say i don't like this no and there's also the old thing i use like if you hate everyone you're like i hate this person you're in like say five six relationships you hate every one of them okay what's the common denominator it's it's us right (laughs) yeah yeah well that versus the old school shut up and deal with it you know, life's hard. Some it's gonna, you're you gonna, you're gonna, you know. I mean, that would be like, I mean, you have to have a balance. Some things, life is hard. You have to deal with it. Like, you get like a, you know, something. And other things, you just have to, like, you know, go the other way. But some stuff, you know, life will hand you. I mean, look at, look at, I mean, history. After the Depression, I mean, for a lot of people, luckily, quotes, air quotes, luckily, the Second World War happened. Well, that's what brought the and and, today, and brought, yeah. I mean, so who knows how things work? I mean, was it orchestrated? I'm not trying to go conspiracy here. I'm just saying, do people? Well, the track record of the last you three know. years is, if you're a conspiracy theorist, you were the right one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you know, I mean, I'm tired of feeling bad. Well, feel better, and then you, like you said, you have to figure out how to do that. I mean, I've done that. It's, it's very, you know. It sounds black and white. It's not. No, but, I mean, definitely. I'm not happy. Well, then get happy. I right. mean, you, you have to figure out why you're not happy because being happy is much preferable. Well, I have to be melancholy because, like Aristotle said, melancholy men are the most humorous and I have to be funny for the show. So. <laughs> like being, <laughs> be like, know, It's like I'm like the Taylor Swift of like podcasts where something right? bad's got to happen. It's like <laughs> actually immaterial. That's why I never understood the whole goth thing. You know, you know why it's do you want to sit around that, you know, and be all depressed and it's gloomy? It's something and, just to belong, I guess. I, yeah. You know, I guarantee it's like you ever see the old goth talk thing? Why, well, like his job at McDonald's, he was late for or whatever. Right. That's, it's probably just belonging. You don't feel, and I'm just doing this at the top of my head from like the few I've known or you like to look no kidding so it, most of life is really just extended cosplay 
you know, in the business world, when you wear your suit, everybody else is wearing your suit. Right. That's that's really it's cosplay. What's it's a uniform. There's nothing about yep. wearing a suit that makes you better at business. If you go to an office in which you wear a suit, that's basically the cosplay of the office. If you go to a motorcycle rally and everybody's got the leather and the chains and the boots, that's cosplay for motorcycles. Now, yep. there's some of this has a function, right? If you fall off a motorcycle yeah. when you're driving down, that leather can protect you. But I, I've experienced this being at the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally six years in a oh, row. Oh, nice. <laughs> that it's often just cosplay. It's the accountants, the lawyers, the doctors who want to play biker on the weekend in right. a huge portion. So it, it's just like the goth look. When you go, it's it's, it's your belonging in that sense. Yep, I guess and so, yep. You just subscribe to the look. and Some people love it. I, I kind of have a thing for goth girls. And <laughs> which to, to my fiance's <laughs> chagrin, she's like, why do you like that? I can't tell you why. I just do. Yeah. No, well, I know. Okay. Like, I grew I up get with it. the bike. Yeah. I had relatives who were legit, legit bikers. So I grew up within the culture. So I would hear like off the, like somebody would say, this is a biker song. No, it's not. I would know that. Just I would know what kind of music they liked, how they acted, mm -hmm. everything else. I mean, there's a lot in the music world like that too. They dress the part, but they don't play very well. And it's like, okay, you, know, you look great, but you know, Greg Prevost too. Hopefully, we'll be having on in the future. He said it best one time. He said about okay, Iggy Pop, pick anybody. It's an act. I, right. knew, like, I knew like people who knew the cramps. Right. Knew the cramps. He's a perfect example. But like the cramps are great example because they were shy, mellow off stage. Yeah. It's an act. They're playing. It's almost like they're acting too. Yeah, the Alice Cooper look where, where he's just this maniac on stage, and I've seen him a few times in live. Absolutely incredible show. But then he's being interviewed, and he's got a putter in his hand, right. practicing his putt. The guy plays hope. He, he plays used to play every with Bob day. Hope. He plays every day. <laughs> I guess he loves golf. Yeah. And he said it was the perfect cure for alcoholism because what's the problem with alcoholics? They need time to fill. Yeah. The golf. But no, he's Vincent Fournier, though. I read his book and he right. said, like, before shows, nobody, you know, we goof around, we talk about trivia, stuff like that. I never even knew. I found out from Alice Cooper, uh, Gilligan's first name was Willie. <laughs> but they do, they goof around, but then they go out and he becomes Alice. And he says, like, if you watch his show, he doesn't acknowledge the crowd till the intermission because Alice, he expects to be applauded. Right. So it's a character. Right. That's right. And a really well-sold character. Yeah, you have to buy into it yourself. You have to really put it across so that people, in turn, will buy into it. You know, I have always found that pretty fascinating. And have we done something? Because I know, as I told you, we're going to add lib on this show because it's the carnival. <laughs> but have we gotten your points you want to get across? Well, well, we've got a whole bunch of points. I mean, when you want to change your life, there's certain steps that you have to go through, right? Evaluating where you are is the first one. Deciding where you want to be is, is one of the second ones. Are, is there an obstacle in your way? So if you want to go from a negative to a positive, what do you need to do? You need to remove the negative. And so I love the company that I just ended working for. The franchisee and I have a great relationship. The, the franchise that I was working with, I have people that I care about there. But 2022 was a miserable year for me in that, in that vocation. And I decided to make a change. So eliminating the, the negative, my positive became a negative. And so I had to take that out. So I put my notice in, I fulfilled my notice, moving on to something else. And you know, Rob, you and I have talked about removing negative people from our lives. 
And that's a really important piece. And the sad part is, is if you trust people and you're nice, that's the problem. So I've always said that you have to be sort of an old grump because if you're opening, they the toxic followers see you as a mark. Ne- negative energy will suck and it out of you. if you don't see the red best. flags yeah. either, they do. Absolutely. They drag you down because you're around negativity. It's like you'll hear this by different people where they say it's like the five people you're around who you're going to be. The average, right? So, removing negative people, they're like the anchor you're dragging through the dirt. And you may be able to get to your goals. You may be able to find meaning in your life. You may be able to change your conditions. But if you have negative people who are surrounding you, they're going to do everything they can to prevent you from getting there. And not necessarily intentionally. There's a fear among people that they will be left behind. That's their tribe, right? That's right. That's exactly right. So. They might be left behind with those people, but you have moved on. And if you moved on, there's a jealousy, there's a fear, there's a, oh, he's, oh. he or she is better than I am now. There's, right. If they can reach out and pull you back into their group, they will feel better about themselves. And it's not something people think about. It just happens. Well, it's all over the addiction world, I'm sure. Like if you're out partying with your friends all the time and drugs and those, you have to when, get when, away, people, yeah. when people straighten up, ugh. He left us. He's a jerk now, or you know, she's like, because you lost your compadre. You know, that's right. You know? Well, I mean, there's also like, there's friends. There's real friends. And there's situational friends. Like if you're out boozing and stuff, you want people to want they they want to party with you, right? You know, but the thing, this is like a simple litmus test. If something good happens to you, if you mention, if you have anybody around you who tries to, you know, say, oh, that sucks, or, well. Bye. You're right. It's like, great, you just got a job drunk for Billy Eilish. Yay. Yay. Your dream, your dream. Hey, you know what? <laughs> I would take it. <laughs> My personal opinion wouldn't matter. It's, music's a job. You know, it's like a... I, like we I would Taylor love the music Swift, then. So it's, like, it's, like, it's like if I said, like, you know, say I said, well, like, I know Taylor Swift and we're hanging out. So people, other people would be like, yeah, you know. Right on. So you, you got to find that negative. Remove as much negative as you can. You're never going to get rid of all of it. And by the way... It's really, people equate failure with negativity. You have to be able to move through failure to get to success. Yes. That's the Bauman right, right there. One of the great Bauman sayings is you have to fail. You're going to fail. And You're going to fail often, a lot. Isaac Asimov was rejected 72 times before wow. he got a manuscript accepted. <laughs> that's wild. I mean, that's what, well, that's the... That's the Harry Potter story, isn't it? Uh, this woman who was on welfare wrote the Harry Potter story. She was rejected multiple Based times. Based on people she knew. That was all it is. She started writing them on a napkin, I read. She was sitting at a restaurant or something, and she started scribbling. She made success yeah. from failure, but also the rejection. When when somebody makes a move to change their life, and they're going to it, – it's really an experiment. You have to figure out what's going to work and what isn't going to work. And so that includes a significant amount of failure. And you have to be comfortable not getting it right at first. There's a line that I heard a long time ago that I've used over and over again. Anything worth doing is worth doing poorly at first. Except skydiving, I'll cut that one. (laughs) (laughs) No thanks. Yeah, right. I like the Aaron Rodgers line when he, he you know, he's a California guy. He gets drafted by San Francisco. Then he goes, do you feel bad about uh, San Francisco not drafting me? And what he says is, not as bad as they're going to feel for not drafting me. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's, that's a good way to look at switch, it. Yeah, but that just because, you know, some of these get demonetized. Don't take the advice John gave for skydiving. <laughs> yeah, right. Unless you're jumping off your good porch point. to practice. 
I asked you to do one thing, one thing. <laughs> no, that would be horrifying. <laughs> so, in keeping with the reinventing your life, your Phoenix here, rising from the ashes, changing things up, you have to build a support system. If you don't have supportive people around you, the chances of your success are going to be lower. So you find the people that are going to help you get to where you need to go. That might be somebody that's not in your clique or not in your circle right now. Find a mentor. Find somebody that can guide you through an area that they've already been and you haven't. Yeah. When it comes to the idea of coaching, every high performer has a coach. And that doesn't necessarily need to be an official, you're my coach, I'm going to go to you with these questions. It could be somebody you just bounce ideas off over a period of time. And you use that as your coaching. But just understand that no high performer doesn't have a coach. And so if you want to perform higher in your life or move to a place that you haven't been, it's really important to be involved with people that have gone through what you're about to. Right. So find them. And Good I would point. say be open to criticism and ideas. You can have confidence, but don't be an egomaniac. It's like if you hear somebody say, well, that's a good idea. I never thought of it. That to go like, I appreciate your opinion, but I just think this way still. Mm-hmm. You know, like that. Someone convinced against your their will is of the same opinion still idea. Um, it's important to, to understand you need to be open. If you're not open to change, and, and by the way, change is scary for everybody. Yeah. When, when I thought about leaving Domino's, it was not a good feeling. I'd been with the brand for a long time. I knew it cold. I was very comfortable there. And so you have to go into the realm of exiting your comfort zone in order yeah. to, to make that type The other of thing I found out, don't ever, like, if you ever see a Buddhist stopping, operating a hot dog stand, have to make sure you pay him an exact because I did that one time and I want you want to ask for change. He goes, my son, change must come from within. <laughs> oh, and he's talking about cold pizza. No, wait, you were talking about the business. Okay. <laughs> Well, something that's hot and fresh now can over time become stale and cold. And there's correct? fads, yeah. too. There's, right. Plus, there's fads and everything. You see, like, these days, everything's a fad. It's like a news cycle, and it's gone. Yeah. Well, it's, in, it's an important point, Rob. If these, if these feelings of wanting to ha- make a change in your life are a fleeting feeling, maybe it's not time for you to make that yeah. change in your life. You do have to have a measure of discipline to be able to... Yeah struggle through that process and it's going to be a struggle i think that's how i do my ideas a lot of times like when i would write stories or like movie stuff i would do i would have pages and whatever stuck i would do because that was just an idea at the moment but you write it down right you down, know then through, you write it down action. but then yeah but then if it's like oh this isn't going anywhere next right um so when you are talking about Goals. You write your goals down. And most people have goals. Would you agree? Yeah. Yep. How many Especially people in hockey. Meet, <laughs> how many people meet their goals over time? The answer is less people than do make their goals. And that's a generalization. So uh, James Clear, who wrote the book Atomic Habits, giant fan of this guy, giant fan of the book. There was one line in there that I took from that book, and I said, this is going to be my mantra for the rest of my life. This is so clear. James Clear wrote something clear. He said, most people do not rise to the level of their goals. They fall to the level of their systems. And so what is it that you put into place that is supporting you to make your goals? That's the important part. And he talks about instead of 
being the person that runs a marathon, maybe you need to become a runner. And there's a distinction there, right? So if you have a goal of running a marathon, once you hit that marathon, you might never run again. Yeah. And many people would just give it up. Or you could become a runner and you can be in many marathons potentially. It's, or half marathons or run the 5Ks and the 10Ks. But if the goal is to become a runner, that's a very different goal than to run a marathon. They're both, one's very specific, the other is a little bit more general. But the support system of every day at 7 o'clock before I get ready to go to work, I go out and I run three miles, I run four miles, I run five miles, get it out of the way, and it becomes part of a daily routine that is a system that supports your idea of becoming a runner right. as opposed to I have this idea that I want to do one specific task. So far away that you'll never get it's there. It's like tortoise well, in the air a little bit. Or you may get there and then stop. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah, right, right, right. right. Oh, um, I've done that. Great. I've done the marathon. Yep. I'm going to take a week off. Yep. Your week becomes a month. Your month becomes a half a right. year. You haven't run in that period of well, time. So that's like I try to get my True, miles in. It's the that's discipline. Good. I know I'm not fast, but I get them in. I, I could go like eight straight hours walking. Mm. But I'm not, I know I'm not fast, though. <laughs> and you don't need to be because you're making forward movement. No, unless there's a bear out there, at least I'll get some of those slow Yeah, but it does a lot of things for you. It gives you time to reflect. It gives you time to plan. It does. You know, so that's, that, good... Yeah, that's what I do. That's exactly, I call it being in my twilight zone. Yeah. I mean, there's always good things. Yeah, I like Twilight Zone. For this show, the Twilight Zone. Well, it, it accomplishes a lot of things. If that. you ever read my posts on Facebook, the Twilight Zone. I prefer the Twilight Zone over the zone. Like I always joke to people, or they, you know, because I play with a lot of bands and I'm do a lot of stuff. They go, "How do you get all these gigs? And why? How do you do all this stuff?" And I said, "I have a, it's a two step process. I answer the phone and I say, okay, <laughs> that's yes. it. You know." <laughs> So you're the guy that shows up. Yeah. Right? It's like right. Shatner's, Shatner's advice for success, say yes. Yeah. It's amazing that there's a huge portion of success, however we define it, that just comes from showing up, being there. And, and that comes to taking action, right? Yeah. So we can write down our goals. We can talk about our systems to support those goals. We can decide what we're, makes us miserable and what our pain points are. We can decide what we want to have in, in our lives and where we want to go. But if we don't actually do something, nothing will come to fruition. Yeah, and you're always growing, too. Like I say, I'll stop when I'm dead. You know, you keep going and going. Some people just, they stop at some point. I just, okay, what's next to do? What's next to, you know, and everything else? I don't know if you remember Ralph Parking downtown 25, 35 yeah. years ago. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. So I was a security guard way, way back then when I was 18 or 19 years old. And I met Ralph. And he was, at this point... I believe he was in his 70s. And I said, Ralph, you're in your 70s. Why aren't you retired yet? And his answer blew me away, and it changed my mind about how I wanted to live my life at the end of my life. He said, I'll tell you why. My friends call me up, and the highlight of their week is going shopping with their wives on Wednesday. And he says, that frightens the hell out of me. Right? <laughs> yeah. He says, I don't want the highlight of my week to be shopping with my wife on Wednesday. I want to be involved in something. I want to be engaged. I want to do something that I think is good. And that's why I started this business. And he didn't start it until he was in his late 60s. Wow. Or mid-60s. I huh. mean, he was, a, he was an older gentleman at that time that would be now called middle-aged, I hope, because I'm only 10 years away from there. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Cut. But he did, he did not want to retire. And I made a decision that I would never retire 
in that moment. And I've maintained that idea that I always want to stay engaged and stay in life and stay as a player all the way through that period of time so right. that I don't become the guy I, that my highlight is shopping with my wife. I said I, I should have, like I could have, you know, I could have right. done this. I want to be like Obi-Wan Kenobi out there. Was Caverly's my son. That's a word I've not heard. Time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're talking about. You know the Ray of the Guinness. Yeah. <laughs> You were talking about like parking lots. I mean, some people see a big blank space. Other people have a vision. You know what I mean? He said, had a vision. I'm going to do a thing of parking lots. I mean, one person's nothing is somebody's something. Mine you know is, I mean? come on, yeah, why do they have to do this? And I can't even get in here because they park so close to the line. <laughs> <laughs> but I think this is also very, hey, this is our 2023, I suppose, our holiday shows we never talk about the holidays say good for new year's maybe somebody will be inspired right new year's it's an it's you know it's an arbitrary it's symbolism it is you know it is but you know symbolism is powerful it absolutely is your new year could be whatever you started or or your new year can be whatever you finish right yeah but you can't fucking zen (laughs) (laughs) you you can't finish without starting so you've got the start do stop right or begin do finish idea it has to be each one of these points gets placed in the proper order in order to get to where you want to go and so 2023 for me this idea of the phoenix year that was an idea of every thousand years the phoenix rises from the ashes i don't want to wait that long i want (laughs) three years is long enough for me and i'm ready to move on awesome too we'd be remiss with john here about i think greg you must have said we have to talk a little about you have to be inspired a little bit by excalibur what an incredible movie. favorite movie yeah. of all time. Oh, oh, yeah, it's a good movie. What an incredible movie. Oh, it just gives me chills when I watch scenes from that There are scenes movie, from so. that where you just can't help, but I always like use the term of loyalty like when Lancelot comes back. Hmm. Well, what a great analogy, too, right? This gentleman, or knight, I don't know if he was a gentleman, this, this knight <laughs> who was part of Arthur's Round Table was disloyal to Arthur in his actions. And in the end, he became loyal to Arthur. And so we can make mistakes as people, and hopefully we don't make a mistake as big as that. However, we can make mistakes as people and get past them and become the person that has gone past the mistake to whatever we consider our success. Would you agree with that? Yes, and also the the great line from Spamalot they use at the end where Arthur's talking to us, and I'm going to marry. What's your name? Guinevere. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness! And he also, you pretty much. I mean, you're pretty much done seeing the Scorpions, aren't you? Yeah, I think I am. I, boy, I would love to see them again. They're my favorite band of all time. Is it true? This is I read this somewhere <clears throat> when they were first starting out, maybe because they were from Germany, that they actually didn't sing. They didn't know what they were singing. They just sang phonetically. Do you know if that's true? I don't know if that's true or not. You can catch them sing German on some old, really Real, old. Yeah. 66, 67, 68, somewhere I around went, there. I'm sure, I can't think of it off my head, but I'm sure some artists have done that, you know. I mean, I met a group when I was overseas. I was in Oslo. <clears throat> we were in this little fishing town, Stavanger, Norway. And I met this drummer. He, We got to be kind of friends, you know. And he gave me his cassette at the time. But, you know, and they're singing in Norwegian, but it's hard rock and stuff. And it's like, I was, it was really cool. Well, that was like, that's yeah. like the, with the birthplace of that black metal stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. 
So I've never been to Norway. It's as beautiful as a beach. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've yeah. Been. It's, yeah. It is. It's very, very nice. Finland, too. Finland, though, mucho pricey. Is it? Beautiful, but mucho pricey. Oslo is a little it's on the weird. List. It, I love it, but and it's also it, it's cold, obviously, but it's a beautiful city. But it just it is, like, unless it's changed, it's very expensive. Mm. Yeah. It's got a lot. Estonia, I mean, actually. I keep yakking about Estonia. I was, it's actually a very nice country. Is it? And I like it because nobody knows it's there. Yeah. <laughs> Those are some gems. To you don't want to be like, you know, current, like where some countries where it's like just geographically bad for you to be, as we see a lot of. Right on. Yeah, but very good. I think anything else you want to add? Or you... One last thing is that, you know, you make it through this process, you know, you do the start, do, and finish kind of thing. We're never really finished, right? So yeah. we'll set a new goal, develop a new set of systems to support that goal. Just be open to the idea that you have gone through a path that you can reach out and pull somebody along with you. And maybe, yeah. just maybe, you might be doing a podcast sometime. It might happen. you know. I, so I those like who process. like have gone out on us intellectually want something a little higher. <laughs> My <laughs> when, you graduate, when you graduate from kindergarten, you can go on to jobs. <laughs> what I like about podcasts is that we can banter and have these offshoots in the conversation. Yep. And just come back to it, and there's really a nice flow to did, a conversation. Did I told you? I told you that's the key to it. And like again, it's like learning. But the biggest mistake you'll ever make is like making it just a direct interview. Like if like Greg came in, I came in. What is your favorite color? Yeah, right. Oh, you don't want to interrogate somebody. Yeah, right. And it sounds so fake too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you. It is. It's a conversation. Like we could have been out. Like say old days. We'll do a time machine. Plop. Yeah. Hey, Greg, get off the red brush shots. The <laughs> <laughs> camera leads. And like, we just was like a bunch of people having a conversation. I had a friend that had an expression once, and I'm sure it's, it's, it was new to me when I heard it, but he always said, ain't nothing to it but to do it. And, no, you know, I always like that. I always like that. You can't that. teach these things. And then, like, the first, again, it's usually like, if I listen to, like, some of the first ones I ever did, well, of course, because Greg wasn't on it. They sucked, and I was horrible. I remember like coming up with a list of questions for one. The beauty was I like <laughs> over there. But speaking of Greg, and of course John, you're welcome back if you can come back before you leave. Definitely, thank you. Or we'll have the we'll have the carnival jet pick. You this was we're... super uplifting, and yes. I hope we helped some people. Figure I think some he's going to he's going to pick Greg up to uplift him. <laughs> but we have hopefully in the future we have another Greg Greg Stackhouse Prevost. If you want to yeah, get yeah. down those guitars, get his bio because it sold out once. And it's wow. something about a dog. I met a dog, whatever. Remember, I forget everything on the show. <laughs> Greg will forgive me. You'll see that it's got Greg sitting there looking cool. But nice. it's sold out. Go. He's going to do a signing in the future if you want to see that. That's great. And do that. But this is uh, his vintage violence, which is like he's digging into the stacks of all his old bands. I'm going to take this one because I was actually going to play Fortune Teller because of Gary Trainer knew Matt, but Mike Murray played it. I said, Mike, you took my song. It's like, why don't you play He Mister? I have his I have his Mississippi Murderer. I have CD. all That's them great. too. Yeah. yeah, but this is so. Now he's got all these different bands, and I'm not going to read them all. But like Mister Elector and the Void, so on, so on. But we're going to do from the distorted levels a song called Hey Mister. So okay. we're going to do Greg Stackhouse Prevost. Unlike our Greg, this is Greg Prevost. Yes. And thanks, John, and thank you both thank for you. having yeah. me on. I appreciate it. Thank you again. Okay. Really? <laughs>